When we find Jesus, we find everything that we're looking for. That is true. Paul talks about a groaning that we still have. Well, we have Jesus. We have everything we want, but there's still a groaning in us. What is that? That's a cool concept that we find in this chapter. Yes. In and 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And, and I'll get started right away in verse 1, 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Now, Paul's already talked about, Dad, it is nice to have you back, by the way, because I was was with Maddie, so it was terrible. (laughs) Um, And then I was with Jack, so it got even worse. Uh, No, of course not. Uh, Jack Jack was awesome. Great, Maddie, too. (laughs) They filled in fantastic. Um, But as we were reading before, last week, Paul brings up this idea of um, the Feast of Booths, or the, mm-hmm. the, the booths uh, were just, temp- well, they were tents. Yeah, yeah. And people, the Israelites, would celebrate this. Mm-hmm. And Scripture talks about how we're going to celebrate this in heaven, this yeah, same it's, festival. It's cool what they did. They would go out camping when yeah. they celebrated it. They, they, they would dwell in, in tents. Yeah, and they would remember the tabernacle when they were wandering out in the, around in the wilderness. And so Scripture talks about how one day in heaven we're going to remember these old bodies that we're living in like the Israelites remembered when they were living in tents. That's cool. So this is that wording that Paul uses in verse one of this tent, meaning this body that we live in. It's just a tent right now. Yeah. And the application is everybody, everybody should go to camp. You should go to the woods. And uh, that's our feast of the booths. We have, (laughs) we have cabins, but, yeah, well, that prepares us for heaven. I think God will probably have us camping out a little bit. Just to remember when we <laughs> were wandering so. around the wilderness here in our tents. Yeah, I think so. All right, so verse 2, we grow weary in our present bodies. He's he's referring to our bodies as being these tents. It's a yeah. temporary dwelling place. So that was the idea of the Feast of the Booths, that they were, in this, in, they were remembering the time when they were wandering in the wilderness, when they were living in tents. And so that's what the whole feast was about. It was, yeah. God was all about, remember this, remember this. Yeah. And so now he's he's saying that our bodies, and maybe we will celebrate this. Maybe you're right. We'll have a feast of the tabernacles or the tents in heaven to remember when we were in our temporary bodies once we are in our permanent glorified bodies. Yeah. So he's saying we grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. So well, that's where we see that. We have that longing, right? We have Jesus, mm-hmm. but we also have this longing for our heavenly body. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. So we're not going to be, you know, when people say, I'll be with you. I can't be there, but I'll be with you in spirit. I say, "Ah, I'd rather you bring your body. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. That's where you got that from. But it's not what we want. It's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. I, I think of the funeral that we just recently did of Yvonne. And many of you know Yvonne. She was in her church for many years. and But she also had developed dementia towards the end and was was not able to think clearly any longer. And then along with that just came the wearing away of the body. And there was this, this longing to be in this glorified body that Jesus was had prepared for her. So rather, we want to put on our new bodies that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. That is the eternal life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit living in us, which we receive when we, by faith, attach ourselves to Jesus, believing in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, we receive the Holy Spirit, and because of the Holy Spirit living in us, that is the guarantee. Mm-hmm. 
that we will someday have those permanent bodies in heaven. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we'd rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So it's an important time that we're in these temporary bodies because we're in preparation for what will be eternal. Yeah. You want to pick up in verse 11? Verse 11, it says, Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. He's talking about evangelism there. Yeah. Persuade others that to get in, you know, to get yourself ready for the eternal body that Jesus has prepared for you by believing in him. Well, I love that Paul says a fearful responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we don't even see that as our responsibility, much less a fearful responsibility of, oh, I need to persuade others to yeah. God. God knows we are sincere. And I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. You can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. It seems we are crazy. It is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old self. We died for everyone so that... so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Mm. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. What I love about this is that salvation doesn't start then. That's his point. It doesn't start when we die. So it's not just that, yes, we do. We long for those those bodies, but that's already prepared for us. That our salvation, our eternal life, this, this new life that Jesus gained for us in his resurrection, that as soon as we belong to him, we have that eternal life. So eternal life begins the moment we are born again. We're born into his kingdom. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. You see that? That's that's exactly what you're talking about. That's why we have this grave, this this responsibility to pass on the gospel to others and to let them know of what God wants. And not just a responsibility, but a fearful responsibility. We should feel the weight of that. Because he says here that while Jesus was given the task of reconciling people to him, to God, to the Father, that he has passed that responsibility of reconciling. He calls us the ministry of reconciliation, that that's been given to us. Now, we are to be reconciling people back to God by sharing with them the way, which is Jesus. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And a good question there then is, when's the last time you've actually done this, pled with people to come back to God? Because that's the fearful responsibility we've been given do we follow through on this? He, well, as Paul says, we plead, come back to God. Are we elsewhere, doing that? Paul talks about with tears in his eyes, yes. pleading with people. Mm-hmm. Well, Psalm 134 
Is it 134 and 135? Yeah, I know it's a little bit of a little bit of a controversy here because it's yeah. uh, it, it's one thing on the website, there's another thing on the booklet, and I think we're going with the website for now. But I, you know, we we threw Becky under the bus a couple of weeks ago just because uh, she was making the you know the cutoff in Psalm 119 a little too short. Yeah. But now you know, and we we get the this information, we get it from Becky, but Becky said, no, it's not my fault. I passed it on to the person who's supposed to put it on the website and it got on there wrong. And so I said, okay, who, who should we be publicly shaming at yeah. this point? Cause this is what this podcast is all about. Publicly shaming people. Yeah. That, that, that's right. And that's, that's a, you know, that's one of our staff values is that, <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it, but it's, it, it's Emma. I thought it was Allie, but it's Emma. It's Emma. So, you know, and I hate to, I hate to throw Emma under the bus. Oh, I love throwing she's, Emma she's under a, the bus. She's a date, but she's a daily listener. She that's the first thing she does in the morning is she listens to between the lines. So Emma, we love you. You know, it's a daily but, thing for her though too. Is also teasing me, popping well, into my office and teasing me. So I'm totally true. fine throwing her under the yeah, bus. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody that gives us a harder time than yeah, Emma. Yeah, Emma, so. between these lines, is shame for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but here's where we're going to be at. We're going to go with the website. And I, I just want to go with Psalm 134. It's Psalm 134 and 135 on the website, a little, something a little different in the booklet. Uh, but um, 134 is only three verses, and I'm going to read all three verses. And I'm going to key in on the, on the second verse. So verse one, oh, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. How do you bless the Lord? That's, well, in my translation, it says praise. Ah, so yeah, I've got the older NLT. Yeah. Um, that's really how you bless the Lord. It bring it's a blessing to Him for us to acknowledge who He is and His rightful place in our lives. It's worshiping. So so worship the Lord, you who serve as night watchmen in the house of the Lord. And look at verse two: Lift your hands in holiness and bless the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. Now, I was off this last weekend, and so I visited another church, uh, and. Uh, I you know I was really disapp- I was disappointed in that man the, the the band was awesome they had great songs with phenomenal lyrics and I was kind of sitting off to the side and to the back and looking around and oh it was it was just it was almost depressing people just stood there hardly singing I, I think my hand was the only one that was raised mm. I didn't see anybody else in the entire auditorium raising their hands. And I, I think even in our church, people wonder, what is that about? Is it like bringing attention to yourself? And sadly, I used to think that way. I used to yeah. think people were just trying to bring, which you know, is just oh, kind of so silly spiritual. because if you think about it, oh, look at me, my hands are, you know, nobody's thinking. That. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but the reason we do it is because it is so biblical. Yeah. It, you find it throughout the scriptures. In, in fact, this is given as a command here, yeah. lift your hands. It's an act of surrender and acts of surrender are always humbling. You can't surrender without humbling yourself. Mm-hmm. To surrender yourself, you have to humble yourself. And so if you ever stand there during music and you just don't feel like raising your hands, it is that pride. And part of the gift that you're bringing to God in that song is breaking through that pride and lifting up your hands and surrender. And I'll have to be honest, there are times when I don't feel like it. Like I, I didn't, especially in this church where I felt like I was the only one and, and I was afraid of singling myself out, but I I, but I wasn't really worshiping, I felt like, because I, I sadly had too much of a critical attitude thinking, why aren't these people worshiping? And, and I thought, well, that, but that's not for me to judge. I need to be doing this myself. Yeah. And so, but it's amazing what happened in my heart because I was there all by myself. I was on a kind of a short little motorcycle trip and passing through and looked up the church and I'd heard of this church before and wanted to go. 
But I, I was there by myself, so felt a little alone anyway. And I and, and the act of me lifting my hands, it changed me. It did the next thing I know, I am singing these these the words to this these songs, and I got tears in my eyes. It, it just it started changing me. Yeah. That's the reason for it, because yeah. of that act of surrender does something for us. So I encourage you, if if you've been one that just you think, well, it's just not me, just give it a shot. Give it a try and see what happens to you. All right. All right. Well, it's Monday. Make it a good one. Yeah, make it a great week, in fact. God bless. Mm-hmm.